Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to episode 77 of Podcast Rewind. We're here, we're drinking, we're a little stinky. Get used to it. Uh, speak for yourself. Oh, sorry. Okay, guys, that's Amy. I'm Erica. Erica the stinky, <laughs> turns out. I'm so smelly. I'm fresh as a daisy over here, bitch. <laughs> okay, guys, real talk. I was out in one of our parks this morning in full business clothes. It was nine in the morning, but it felt like high fucking noon. Oh. August... Is no joke. Not no Leo season is here, bitches. No, it's it's hot. Oh my rock! I like to podcast with my rock. <laughs> Amy hey. has a habit of like tapping on the table, which picks up on the mic. So I was like, you need to have something in your hands. Yeah, like, I need a fidget spinner. Yeah. Speaking of rocks, did you see the Rock got married? I did, and I like Mazel. He is one of the greatest humans alive. I wonder what took so fucking long. Like two kids later, and. Well, she's got to get that tight body back, I guess. I don't know. She's gorgeous. They're beautiful. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, she's always been hot. I'm sure she popped that kid out and looked amazing afterwards. I'm sure she did. Yeah. Although, like, next to him, when he's having, like, 19 sushi rolls trying to, like, get them gained. to get the the protein (laughs) She's having, like, seaweed salad. (laughs) Not that you have to be thin to be beautiful out there, people. Oh, gosh. No. I mean. Well, I just think it's time for a drink. Cheers to Cheers. drink of the week time. I'm having one of my very favorite wines. You are. And I like to save it for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. This is not. I just, <laughs> it's a treat yourself day. Yay. And I'm having Shiraz from Layer Cake. It's such a good wine. It's you got it years ago and you read me the label as if it was like a beautiful novel. It's basically a poem. <laughs> I discovered this wine on a cruise ship mm-hmm. and, you know, cruise ships curate their wines of from course. kind of weird places sometimes. I mean, they always have a bottom barrel, you know, like a, a yellow tail on the menu for, <laughs> for the, the flip-flop crowd, yes. if you will. Um, but I did find this layer cake wine on the menu, and I tried it. I was like, God, I'll never find it stateside. It's fully at Publix. Yeah, it is. It's just on the third shelf, so I don't oh. normally look there. I'm a, My eyes cast down. I don't go bottom shelf. I go, like, the next shelf up. Well, like, aren't you fancy? Well, those are, like, the $8 bottles that you can often find, like, a $2 coupon. True. No. And then you change your favorite brand for the coupon. Yeah, there was a dollar coupon off nice. us later today, which is why it's here. Awesome. What are you having? I'm having chicken rosé. <laughs> I've had this on the show before. <laughs> the listeners should know what it is. It is a rosé that I get whenever I swim by the Walgreens mm-hmm. and it says like Le Fermier or some French word on it but there's a chicken. A picture it, of a chicken. So I just always call it chicken wine. Chicken or the egg? 
Egg wine is probably terrible. Oh, God. Let's not make wine out of eggs. Well, yeah, but you know what? There are so many cocktails that have egg whites in it. Now, that is true. And I do like a lemon meringue cocktail, and you will have none of that shit. I don't think citrus is meant for desserts. I disagree with you fully. Oh, yeah. We've had this conversation many a time. No, and we're both right. That's true. Because you like what you like. Exactly. We are full supporters here on Podcast Rewind of, you get to fucking like what you like. Yes. And that is your beeswax. Nobody else. And if what you like is the fact that pumpkin spice season is upon us and coming in the next like week or so, then I support you drinking a pumpkin. I'm so stoked. Cannot wait. I mean, I just want an ice venti americano, one pump of pumpkin spice, and a splash of half and half, and Mm -hmm. I am in hog heaven. Call me basic. I don't care. Give a shit. Bring me my pumpkin spice. (laughs) Yes. Well, I know that we are obsessed with all things fall. And pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And pumpkins. Yes. But Amy, is there anything rattling on in your brain this week that you're currently obsessed with? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? You know, I got to cut a, a couple of things right sure. around. So we didn't podcast last week Mm-mm. because, you know, didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I... It's just a tough month for us work-wise. I did. I did do something weekend before last that I have been talking about for years and finally got up the gumption and the budget to go on a solo vacation. Yeah. I've talked about, I've never done it before. I've traveled by myself before, um, but never truly alone. Uh-huh. As in, when I studied abroad when I was in college, I made the journey over sure. by myself. And then um, when the program was over, I stayed a couple days longer. I went to London by myself, but I don't really count that as solo travel. Yeah. And look, I didn't go far. I got in my car and I went over to the beach. I, mean, I live in Florida, so it's just not hard. No, it's not. Um, but I spent three nights and I've been calling it my little mini eat, pray, love mm-hmm. extravaganza or um, excursion. Yeah. It's the better word. Um, I really so much enjoyed that time to myself and... You know, to put a few things right in my head, I swam in the ocean, I golfed, I was one with the land and the sea. Um, but it was it was a it was a fantastic time, and and I try to keep most of it to myself sure. on purpose because it was for me. So I'll tell you something else that I'm obsessed with. Okay, Bip is back, baby. It is. So I know you guys. I'm so sorry. Several episodes ago, we told you all how we are breaking up with Bachelor Nation. Yeah. The Bachelor franchise on ABC, we said no more, no more to the podcasts, no more to the shows, no more to the memes. The influencer codes. Out (laughs) with the influencers. Um, But the new season of Bachelor in Paradise premiered the week before last. And in fact, I did catch up on my Eat, Pray, Love vacation. And um, just when I thought I was out, (laughs) they they pulled pulled me back in. Bachelor in Paradise is back and better than ever. It's back, baby. I'm fucking loving it. I'm loving the season so hard. I'm still teetering. Like, I'm out of Bachelor Nation, but I'm like um, Wilson from Home Improvement that's like peeking over the fence. I'm like, what are you doing? Not with a full face, just up to your nose? Just up to the nose. Just just at Kilroy level? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's where I am because... You'll be watching it in the apartment. I walk by. I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Who's that? What are we doing? What's going on? If you're going to ask questions, park your ass and pay attention. (laughs) And I fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah, asshole. (laughs) Meanwhile, what are you obsessed with? Um, Well, I did not have a stay or go on a solo vacation. I stayed here in town and hung out 
listening to my boobs, my microphone just fell over. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Um, it was me and your cats. We had a nice little long weekend together. But um, good friend of mine, Jen, got engaged last week. Yes. To her awesome fiance, Reg. And, and she's a listener. So congrats, Reg. Yay, Jen, and Reg. Jen. We're so excited for you. Are we going to call them Ren or Judge? Judginald? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Judginald. How about Regifer? Uh, also good. Mm-hmm. But I think girl comes first. So, okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyway, they were here in town in Orlando. They live out in L.A., so I got to see them, got to see the ring, got to hear the whole story. It was so exciting. But that's not what I'm obsessed about. Well, then While hanging out with them at one of their friend's birthdays, this girl who's the um, the birthday girl's daughter, just chit-chatting with her, and she said the nicest thing to me that, like, no one has ever said before, and I know, and I'm obsessed with it. We were talking, and she goes, I'm so sorry, this is going to be weird, but... I think I'm going to go see a plastic surgeon and show them your nose because I want that. And I was like, what a weird but amazing compliment. That is fantastic. (laughs) I know. I was like, what? No, your nose is great. Like the girl thing, like, no, you're perfect. Mm -hmm. Where you just compliment each other back and forth because you don't know what to do with a compliment. Yeah. But it was so sweet. Women are not raised to accept compliments correctly. This girl is like... All about that stuff. But what was funny is that her mom was nearby, and her mom was like, what? You want a new nose? What's wrong with the nose I gave you? <laughs> I birthed that nose. I birthed that nose. So then, of course, it, like, divulged into that kind of, like, funny conversation. Wait, though, does she have her mother's nose? Like, obviously. You know what? I didn't even think about that, but you're probably right. Oh, then that is so fucking that, Right? Oh, I know. Soup's ox. Right? Like, hey, mom, the one thing I have because of you, I hate. But your mom's like, I love it. Yeah, if it's, like, mine. Yeah. Uh, I was going to tell a story, but I really can't hear. It's a a work thing. But, um... (laughs) What, Amy, you don't only just podcast for a living. You have a corporate 9-to-5 side gig, as I joke about it. (laughs) Yeah, my my side gig is what pays the bills around here. Right? It's the cat's fed, if you will. I see on Instagram all the time bloggers and stuff being, like, you know, oh, he's my side hustle or something like that. Or, you know, full-time blogger. I think my Instagram thing says, like, Business blogger with like a nine to five side gig. <laughs> That's my side hustle. That's paying the bills is my job. You can think of it however you want to. Yeah. To take it back to cruise ships, uh, I was on a ship one time and there was a free five k at yeah. that you could that you could run at one of the island stops, and I kept telling everybody like, hey, you pay thirty five hundred for a five k, but the cruise is free. <laughs> like the worst dad joke ever, but I was so proud of it in the bars. <laughs> I can see you saying that. Well, I did. <laughs> I said it a lot. With the medal around your neck, like this $3,500 medal came <laughs> this 5K, but I got the free cabin. <laughs> got a veranda. <laughs> so stupid. The best part is like, you're not embarrassed. Nah. You're like, I'm going to tell this, you know, on a podcast. Our that's dozens like, of listeners. Well, don't even. We've got a lot of great listeners. We've been looking at our statistics lately, and we see that you guys are listening from Europe, we had the Philippines, New Zealand, Japan. So wherever you are listening to Podcast Rewind, thank you. Rate, review, and subscribe. No, but seriously, thank you guys. You are the best. I'm so glad you are have such a vested interest in the Central Florida weather because <laughs> I know you're tuning in for the weekly reports. <laughs> WKPR weather report. It's, it's hot, hot as balls today. Yeah, so not okay. 
It took me hours after being outside in the heat for an hour and a half to calm down. A coworker looked at me and was like, do you think we were borderline heat stroke? And I was like, 100%, buddy. Potentially. I was like, I saw stars. It, it comes out quick. It does. Like it'll get you. And the massive iced coffee I had before I went out there helped none. Zero. That's a dehydrator. It is. But I know ice is water, but the coffee <laughs> is dehydrating. But it's necessary to be a normal human well, by nine. It's a tough call. It really. is a tough call. All right. You know what else is hot right now? Yeah. There is a documentary on Netflix. So, guys, we are moving into the topic du jour. Mm-hmm. Eric and I have some questions. Uh-huh. Uh, and our biggest question right now, we say with palpitation, do we have to quit Facebook? I think I have to unfriend Facebook. Okay, so you guys, at the end of July, Netflix debuted a documentary called The Great Hack. So, essentially, if you want to scare your nuts off every Uh time you go on the internet for the rest of your life, whatever you uh, have, uh go ahead and watch The Great Hack and learn about the the in-depth of the Cambridge Analytical Hack that supposedly... Um, swung the country towards uh, electing Trump here in the United States of America and over in the UK, Great Britain, towards the Brexit vote. And a lot of other elections you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And Until that's where this, this documentary shit. gets crazy. A good friend of ours, Ashley, reached out and was like, watched The Great Hack last night, almost deleted my Facebook, you need to watch it. And I honestly, being such an idiot sometimes, was like, is this hacks like, you know... How to cook chicken faster. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> you know, like, the great hack. Life hacks. Like, I really was like, wow, like a two-hour documentary about life hacks? Like, cool, bro. And then I, I was like, Instapot recipes. <laughs> Instapot. And so I just was like, well, what's it about? And she's like, Cambridge Analytica. And I was like, all right, on it. So when you were on your um, getaway, mm-hmm. I stayed up late one night watching it, had my mind blown, and then had to follow it up with like, the dinner party episode of The Office because I needed a cleanser because we're not kidding, guys. A lot of the information you find out in this documentary, when we say it makes you think, it makes you think into a black hole vortex. Truly. I I watched it on a plane. I was on a business trip this week and I, I know that I gasped aloud. Yeah. With my headphones on, like watching on my tablet because there are so many... Things that we knew um, via the news that have come out since it basically leaked that this mm-hmm. company called Cambridge Analytical um, had a analytica. Uh, I took great notes. Um, <laughs> had such a heavy hand in the social media influence of the Trump campaign, and then again, like I said, followed up by the Brexit movement mm-hmm. uh, across the pond. And so you hear these things on the news and you, and you believe it, but to to really go dive depth, to meet the players, to hear them say the words out loud that they planned this and they executed it and they are congratulating themselves behind the scenes. I mean, this was never supposed to be public information. Yeah. And speaking of public information, Eric and I have joked for years, it's been made well aware to all of us that by participating in social media, the information about us is... Is is out there? It's yeah. available to companies, and that they're data mining. They're they are purposely, for instance, okay, your Facebook ads. Yes, everybody knows if you go shopping on a a retail website, 
the next time you log into your Instagram or your Facebook or even go to a page on Google, you're going to see sponsored ads, not even just for the store that you were just looking at, specifically for the items that you clicked on. They're targeting you. There's cookies in our browsers. We've all known that. And we also know that the government has been listening in on us. And Eric and I have been joking for years that our FBI officers tacked to like listen to this apartment or listen in <laughs> on our cell phones are just having the greatest time yeah, listening to our I bullshit. Mean, and that we say that in total jest because yeah. truly no one's listening to your Alexa or your Google or in your phone. Like That's not happening. But we joke all the time. By all means, feel free to listen to my Google. You're going to get some stellar shower performances. Uh-huh. My uh-huh. deep thoughts on Bethany Frankel leaving Housewives of New York. Oh, my God. News alert. That just happened. We'll Still reeling. Please respect our privacy during this time. This may need to be next week's episode. (laughs) The great exodus of housewives in 2019. It's been a lot. But we joke around all the time. Like, if you were to listen to us, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not saying, I don't think I'm saying anything of note. But... Well, and more so, we're not committing crimes, and we know Correct. that. Yeah. So you, well, that you know when we of. think about the government tapping our phones and reading our text messages, they're looking for people who are looking to do bad things, yes. acts of terror. And because we know we're not doing that, I'm like, yeah, sure, listen to me and my mom talk. Look at the bullshit that I'm texting back and forth between Erica. Yeah. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. And I feel that way because I know that I'm a law-abiding citizen. Yes. And um, I just feel like I have nothing to hide and I don't have, I don't know, a whole lot of worry about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being invaded in yeah. that way. But um, we're going to run down kind of the synopsis of The Great Hack in case you haven't Yeah, we want to really give you that high-level, like, layman's, like, a quick bite. Right. But I kind of want to say before that the way that this movie changed my mind is that I had never anticipated or even considered before that anybody could be using the information that they glean about me, either that I give them by Mm -hmm. searching on the internet or by telling Facebook things about myself, to try to change me as a person. Yes. I thought that I was just living my life and telling them what I do, but companies like Cambridge Analytica or CA, we can call it for short, and other companies still out there that have not been named are using that information, turning it against me and you Mm -hmm. to pretty much try to put you in a box and make you think their way, whatever their way is. Exactly. Okay, so hit it, E. Okay. So the true crux of this movie... um, is about this professor who finds out about Cambridge Analytica and decides to sue for the data that they have about him. About him specifically. About him specifically. We his name is David Carroll and he works or he's a professor at Parsons School of Design in New York City. Yeah. And he starts out the whole documentary with like who here thinks that their phone is listening to them and everyone raises their hands. And he's like, your phone's not listening to you. And what we find out off the bat is the algorithm that these companies have curated based off of you. And when we talk about algorithm, think about the fact that like you really only see everybody on Facebook. You've got thousands of friends on Facebook. You see 800 Mm -hmm. because those are the 800 you interact with the most. Facebook dumps everybody else. They don't matter to you. We're only going to show you. It's like the top hits. It's the top hits. That's the algorithm. These websites have created such an algorithm that they don't have to listen to you on your phone. They have predicted your every move. They know where you want to shop next based on your search history, based on everything about you. You come to find out this one fact that becomes the most mind-blowing fact to me, the entire documentary. 
is that Cambridge Analytica and a lot of these companies have 5,000 data points on you, which means they know 5,000 specific things about who you are as a person. On average, you on guys. On average, which means Amy and I have been on Facebook since the beginning. Mm-hmm. and Since it was the Facebook. Since it was the Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg put his face on the logo. Idiot. Yep. Dumb, dumb. Um, which that means we probably have up to 8,000 to 10,000 data points. And Amy and I joked the other day, if you asked me five fun facts about myself, wouldn't know a thing. I've never met myself. I've never before. met myself. When you get put on the spot and it's like, and what are three interesting facts about you? Yes. I'm like, uh, I am cat. <laughs> I am girl. I am here. I am roaring. I don't know I don't like know. what's happening. But when we talk about these data points, it's things such as, I know the grocery store that you shop at the most. I know your Starbucks order. I know that during the fall, you dye, you go and get your hair dyed and cut. In the spring, you only get it cut. Like, and little, drink pumpkin and spice drink lattes. Pumpkin latte. Because we have allowed Facebook to be a login to multiple other websites. And remember when they say things like, hey... Instagram would like to know what you're doing or Facebook wants to know what you're doing on Instagram and in that quick terms and conditions you're like yeah whatever man let me log in I don't want to create a new email and password. Yeah you guys all know that little button it's every time you go to a new website or you sign up for a new account it's like hey do you want to fill out this long cumbersome form or touch right here and we'll log you in via Facebook or via your Google account and you go yeah no I don't have the time for that. (laughs) So um, not to get too far from the movie, but I've got a quote from Robert Carroll from a Los Angeles Times review of the movie, and it's so perfect because he said in the sh- in the movie, "We are the commodity. We were so in love, no one read the terms and conditions." Oh, it's true. We did and not. so it starts off with him telling Cambridge Analytica, "Who I gave you that data? Five that thousand is me. points at least. Tell me what you know about me." And then it just opens up into a world and a cast of characters who are fascinating, they have truly changed the future based on what they've done, and it's insane. So he's got this question, which is a really good one that I'd never considered before. Who owns the data about you that you have put on the World Wide Web? Who owns your thoughts? And uh, Robert Carroll's point is, I should own my own data. It's mine. It's my life. I'm suing to at least know what is out there about me. Mm -hmm. But soon this movie takes a turn and starts to show us how the influence over the two major elections uh, that it covers actually happened. Yeah. And we come to find out that... There's, like I said, there's these cast of characters when it comes to our election that at Cambridge Analytica, and remind me, I know I see you've got your mm-hmm. notes over there, so when it comes to names, chime yeah, in for me. I will. Um, there was an intern on the Barack Obama campaign. Brittany Kaiser. Brittany Kaiser. And um, with the Obama campaign, we know he was really one of the first people to tackle social media. Mm-hmm. You know, get his face out there, get his message out there, and it was such an easy way for him to reach yeah, voters. He, his... Um, his campaign of change and yes, we can was so memeable. Yeah. You know, presidential campaigns have been posted on signs in front yards and on the front of their lecterns on the televisions when we see them give speeches for years. But in 2008, when Barack Obama was elected for the first time, he really keyed into Facebook and social media. And MTV really helped out with the Rock the Vote movement back then. And so, sure, it was on TV, but social media was really, really sparking off for the biggest part then. And so when you would log in and see in your news feed change, 
yes, we can. It's you. You didn't have to search out political information. It was there in front of you. And Barack Obama helmed that with the help of this Brittany Kaiser as an unpaid intern back then. And the movie shows pictures of her arm in arm with Michelle at behind mm-hmm. the scenes at events. She was in there and we are never really told what her political thought process was or how she came. Oh, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, you correct so me. So you that. find out that she loved You did. It's totally fine. We find out that Britney was all about things like Amnesty International. Oh, right. Human really rights. Really human rights. Really, um, not necessarily a liberal, quote unquote, agenda, but, you know, equality, feminism, and just how do we grow and get better and keep moving forward appropriately? Right. So her beliefs kind of align with a progressive liberal mm-hmm. agenda, Correct. which would make a whole lot more sense than her saying, you know, maybe going for back then what was the... Um, Oh, what's his name with the binders? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. <laughs> you know, you were many women in the binders. What's his nuts with the binders? But so the election ends. Her friends are like, what are you going to do next? And she gets a phone call from the head of Cambridge Analytica that's like, I think you've got a really creative mind. You know Facebook. We find out that um, she's also got a lot of problems going on at home. There's some we family issues. Later, you find it yeah. out later. But we, you know. So she says, by the way, we don't see any... Um, proof of this but basically she says that her family came into financial ruin and while she wanted to continue to work for the Obama campaign as it moved towards the 2012 campaign they weren't willing to pay her and Cambridge Analytica was yeah and Cambridge Analytica had a client who fishy the name Steve Bannon and Jared Kushner get thrown out but we don't have any solid information about who was paying for the service yes but Cambridge Analytica under the under the rug was tasked with using that same social media campaign that Barack Obama did, but harder and better to flip the country towards Trump. Yeah, and they were testing it out with a lot of other countries and how can they get in from a social media perspective and what can we do? Um, you find out that they've done this in different countries in Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, Brexit, all of these different countries are able to flip Brexit into... Brexit was after the Trump campaign. Correct. Yeah. But you just find out that they've this is what they want to do. They really want to flip things in a very specific way and use social media and target on social media. She takes a job, and so she's working with this campaign and this company, and you start to find out the tactics that were going on mm-hmm. in that these companies were targeting people who were easily persuaded by... So they literally a, call them the persuadables. The persuadables, and so... People who are like lean, not sure which way they want to lean, and then all of a sudden get inundated with 5,000 ads, and now they're voting for Trump. Right. So here's a quote that will help. This um, The goal of the test, well, I'm going to go to the top. When Kaiser and other former Cambridge employees revealed is that the company got use of information from a questionable personality test put together by Facebook. Do you remember when we were all filling out surveys on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we were telling Facebook where we thought we were posting it to our friends as a funny ha-ha know this about me when we were saying things like oh I tend to be a little bit more conservative than liberal or I think of myself as a introvert versus an extrovert uh-huh. or however you filled out those Had many, many information right you know, there all were of lots these of these tests and surveys on Facebook a while back and so companies like Cambridge Analytica and others were mining them and taking this information and then the goal of I'm reading from the Los Angeles Times by the way 
a review of the movie. The goal of this test was not to inform users, and therefore not to share information, but to harvest personal data from the test taker as well as the person's entire friend network about what we like, what we fear, what gets our attention. So by the way, we didn't know this back then, but when we were filling out those tests and submitting them to whatever website, you know, to, to score, we were giving them access to our Facebook profiles and thereby to all of our friends yeah. and all of our information. And so then it goes on to say, here's the key. The information was used to target what were known as persuadables and key states. Voters who work, one Analytica employee emphasizes, quote, bombarded until they saw the world the way we want them to, until they voted for our candidate, unquote. Yeah, and they kind of showed them on a map as like a purple dot. Right. And then they were able to take purple dots and turn them red and turn tiny counties in a state like Illinois that was purple because they didn't know where it was going to go. And after a really calculated movement on Facebook and really curating content for them to be towards Trump, states were flipping red. And in a way that was we didn't know and understand how fast things were changing. Right. Because what you learn about – I think it's a great thread throughout the movie. And we do have a lot of thoughts that we want to get to. Sure. But a thought is all of these technologies, Facebook, Instagram, all these social media platforms are meant and built to connect us. Right. There's a great TED Talk that they pull from it. It's an amazing British journalist with an accent that I could listen to for hours. Yes. I was going to say like our, our heroine here. Yeah, our heroine for sure. Uh, that we see throughout the movie in scenes. Carol Codwaller is a British journalist who's been reporting, she's starting with reporting on the inner workings of the Brexit vote and then realized Just that Cambridge viral. Analytica linked to the Trump vote and has been reporting and has been harassed and um, threatened over and over on the internet for her work, but continues to work and she's out there giving TED Talks. She gives one of my favorite quotes from the movie at the end and, you know, Go watch the movie for yourselves. We're just trying to give you a synopsis so you understand. But at the end of the movie, she's giving a, a massive TED Talk. And they make it seem as though Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg and Jeff Bezos themselves are in the audience. And she looks at them and she says, after what you have allowed to happen with the data mining via your sites, is it possible to ever have a free and fair election again? Yeah. And is that who we want to be? Yeah, because one of the quotes that's so great that I love is that she talks about how you built these networks to connect us, and they are not. It is now the opposite. We are fighting with each other. We are against one another. What was meant to bring us together is tearing us apart. Exactly. And so how can we ever have a free and fair election again? So I would say that the synopsis is, the Trump election, how Cambridge Analytica came to really take over and all of these amazing characters that you meet throughout the way and just the diabolicalness of it all. Yes. Whew. Okay, so I watched that and when I thought I was carefree about letting people have information about me because I don't give a shit. Hey, maybe they're going to email me about a sale at my favorite mm -hmm. store. And I thought, it is a lot more scary than I thought it was. And so my first thought was delete Facebook, just like your friend Ashley's was. Yeah. Delete Facebook. Yeah. I, absolutely. You want to delete Facebook, but how am I going to know about my racist aunt? And <laughs> <laughs> how do I know when it's someone's birthday? Like you, We are so deeply connected to Facebook, but work with us through our journey of understanding the connectedness and the data mining and the data points on you. So for example... Amy, you use an app called Ibotta. 
I do. And it's all about getting cash back on purchases in a grocery store, Walgreens, etc. Yes. They tell you, here's 10 coupons, you pick one or two, and maybe you get 50 cents back for your purchases at Publix, but the only way you get those that money back is by uploading your receipt. My entire Your receipt. entire receipt. Yes. But you log in through Facebook to Ibotta. I actually think I use my Google email account, but same Same def. difference. Same diff. So, Amy logs in with Google, and Google says, yeah, but we want to know what you're doing on the app. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Hit send. Google now knows. I just want my $3 back. I want my $3 back. Google knows where you shop, how often you shop. How many oranges I bought today. How many oranges you bought today. What kind of wine you like to buy. How often you buy wine or how often you're buying oranges. or Every day. I buy wine every every day. day. Or if you're buying cold medicine and then how much you're spending. Do you use a credit card? Do you use your debit card? They're collecting all of this data. Now you're... You know, on Google, you're searching the World Wide Web. All of your ads are going to be for Tylenol Cold PM. Right. Like, we know everything about you. And that's the kind of stuff that you have to think deeper about. Like, yeah, you could see I posted on Facebook a photo of my dog. No, 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 no. No. That doesn't mean anything. Well, and, you know, we started talking. We were really stuck on that 5,000 data points Mm -hmm. number. And if you ask me to sit down and literally write 5,000 things about myself, I know I'm going to run out of things after like... 11. Yes, <laughs> truly. But when I really thought about it and I thought about how much I told Google and Facebook about mm-hmm. my life, but Google specifically, um, when I have a dentist appointment, I tell them who my dentist is. I tell them the location so that I can just click maps and yep. it'll take me there. Absolutely. Um, same thing with my hair, my yeah. chiropractor, any appointment I essentially have. They know when I'm getting a massage. Google knows all of that. So that's all part of those 5,000 things that they know about me. I have logged into probably dozens of websites with either my Facebook or my Google account Mm -hmm. because I'm being lazy. Oh, yeah. But then, therefore, they are mining all of that information that I allow them to have. So because Erica and I are investigative podcast listeners... Slash journal. Our question was, how afraid do we need to be and do we need to, like, quit Facebook? Like, right. What do we do? So we listened to some podcasts. We did. To help us learn and to help us sort out how we felt about the movie. Yeah. It's always really good to hear other people's opinion to inform my own personal opinion sometimes. Or to help me crystallize my own. I know that I have my opinion. Sometimes listening to a podcast recap or a podcast interview yeah. about a, a documentary like that yeah. just kind of helps me click in yeah, to I mean, like, grab have, my thoughts out of the ether. That's what I mean, like, I have the thoughts, but, oh, that's how I wanted to say it. Right. So I listened to one from Skullduggery. Yes, and you sent it to me. I sent it to you, and they had the director of the documentary on. Yeah. And this was a really great one, and K- Kareem Amir, by the way, and he has a co-director who is a female, and I did not catch her name off Skullduggery. But, um... You can Google it. Yeah, we could... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Too soon? Too, Too soon. soon. Um, but a lot of the stuff that they talk about that goes even, like, further past the documentary that I always really enjoyed and helped me understand so much more is, like, why is Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat have IPO? How are they on the NASDAQ? How are their stocks yeah, for this how are they getting tangible money? thing? And, like, how are they getting money and... Because I'm not paying money to use their site. No, I'm using a free site. I understand that they have ads and the companies are paying for those ads. Pitiful but ads, the, yeah. um, I mean, these are Fortune 10 companies. Oh, yeah. Facebook Zuckerberg and Google. has quite the home. People work there make a lot of money. And it's not 
that Facebook, that website is so amazing that it's worth, you know, four billion dollars. And people aren't buying like Facebook coin enough. You know, they do have Facebook they, currency. Oh, that's, but that's not how they're making their money. No, in fact, what's so worth money is your Facebook page, who you are as a person. And people want to buy info on Amy and Erica and Julie and Jim and exactly. Bob and whatever. Bob is worth money. And I need to know how to... Marketing companies want to know. Okay, I've got a product. I need to advertise it to 37-year-old divorced men who live in the South, and now you can curate your marketing because I've got data on those guys now. I know where they shop. I know what they like. I know yeah. what they're clicking on the internet. You are worth so much fucking money, and you don't get a dime out of it. Exactly. How about that? How about knowing that you are worth so much money, and you can't see any of it? So now it clicks into place when Cambridge Analytica is saying, I want to know how to make you know a rural American housewife in Michigan um, who is on the fence, whether she wants to vote for a woman in 2016 or if this Trump guy is maybe worth it, how do I get them to vote for Trump? Because this is somebody's paying Cambridge Analytica to figure that out. And Cambridge Analytica goes to Facebook and to Google and says, how much for her entire web history? Yep. And guess what? You got sold for a certain amount of money. They took your web history, and what they did was have access to your social media without you knowing yep, it because you already proved it you already proved it it's in the terms and conditions that you didn't read yep and they curated ads and content towards you specifically in this case fear-mongering the the hillary clinton um in fact the coo alexander knee of cambridge analytica coined crooked hillary yep and a lot of those lock her up chants and all of that stuff um, was all coined by him. And if you think back to the uh, the 2016 campaign where we realized after the fact that those Russian hackers were putting together those Black Lives Matter rallies mm -hmm. and that people were showing up and rallying for Black Lives Matter, but it wasn't actually part of the movement. It was Russian hackers yeah. doing it. It's the same idea, you yeah. guys. And Cambridge Analytica is curating the content that you'll see on your Facebook and... There's a, a lot of data that goes to show that that's what swung a lot of people mm -hmm. to go vote for Trump when they weren't really sure. And, yeah. And that's how we got where we are. And they did the same thing with Brexit. I don't know the issues, frankly, as well with Brexit as I do with what happened between Hillary that's and Trump in 2016. Yeah. The Leave.eu campaign is what it's called, but... Um, How's in the wise? Unclear. I don't know why. Right. So another podcast that I that I listened to and I listened to, I, yeah. Erica did as well was a podcast called Recode Decode from Fox Media. Vox Media. Vox. Excuse me. I love. And Vox. the title of the show was "Democracy Is for Sale." Says yeah. the great hack director Kareem Amer. The host of this show is a sassy woman that I love. She's named Kara Swisher. And she was in front of a live audience with uh, Julian Wheatland, who was a COO of Cambridge Analytica before the whole company folded. And he does appear in the documentary. Mm -hmm. She also had an early Facebook investor whose name was Roger McNamee on the panel. And uh, the director, Kareem Amir, and uh, I think um, assistant director, yeah. his name was Pedro Coase. So they were her guests uh, on the panel, and it, it was a live 
show and they had all watched The Great Hack together. So they were live reacting to it. That was the best part. And talking about the movie. And um, they, they talked about how we, uh, social media, you know, you think you sign up for social media and you think it's about yourself connecting to just friends and family. I mean, I think we all kind of, most people that I know join social media for that simple reason. I want to know what my Facebook or what my high school friends are doing. Mm -hmm. I want to stay connected with my work buddies and get to know ourselves a little bit better. I want to see my cousin in in Kansas, her kids growing up. Yeah. That's what I'm here to do on Facebook. And I didn't realize all this other stuff was happening. And we still think that that's what social media is there for. This sweet little share. And we all know people who are annoying as shit on Facebook. But um, they talked on this panel about how those social media companies, and they talked about space, Facebook, Facebook <laughs> specifically, have stopped looking at us as their consumers yeah. and started looking at us as fuel for data uh-huh. and how much data can they get out of us. Yep. We are not individual consumers. In fact, whatever Bitcoin you buy from Facebook or those credits yeah. is what I mean that you buy, they don't give a shit about any of that. They give a shit about how much you will tell them about yourself because that is how they're making their money. Have you seen on Facebook lately, it's not those major surveys that they were referencing in mm-hmm. the documentary back in the day, but you see like, oh, Julie Smith answered a question. Do you want to answer this question I too? I seen that. I, I feel like that's, I don't none ever do any of it. One that I saw the other day was like, do you think Trump is racist? And so she was like, answered a question. And then all of her comments are, no, 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 no. Great guy. My president. Blah, 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 blah. Awkwardness is that like, that's a good friend of mine's mom from high school. And I was like, oh, but like, we're not close anymore. Jules. That's, names have been changed. Um, protect, don't worry. To protect the accused. Sure. Um, but I just like, after the movie, looking at that, I was like, wow, what great data to mine. And now people are like, 98% of the country thinks Trump's not a racist because eight people answered a question on Facebook. And like, nothing is without a consequence, I think, on social media. Everything comes with a consequence. They talk so much on the podcast that you picked, Skullduggery, Uh and on Recode Decode, about how we are being pulled apart on social media, whereas I think the majority of social media users still think it's a connection tool. Yeah, it's not anymore. But what we're not realizing, what the great hack paints the picture of, is because we are all essentially choosing our own adventure, on yeah. the internet anymore because I have clicked on what I've clicked and I've told the internet what who I am as a person. They are curating the data that I see. So, look, no, no secret that I am a liberal, feminist, democratic woman who is single in my 30s. And so I do notice that the content that I see uh, is focused towards that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not getting um, Breitbart.com ads <laughs> or or anything on my newsfeed from Breitbart because that's not how I curated my life. What I didn't realize was that it's not just the algorithm of what I've liked the most that shows me that that they actually are trying to um, solidify that I'm in this camp. But the people that are seeing the Breitbarts and the Steve Bannon, yeah. Alex what's his nuts, Jones uh, curated stuff of the world are only seeing that. And so that's how we're becoming so far uh-huh. uh, distance from yeah, one yeah. another. There's no moderate. There's a no middle road anymore. 
Right? And you're uh, not allowed to be. They won't let you. Do you remember a few weeks ago when I talked about that podcast, It Could Happen Here? Yes. That was describing how without being alarmist or or being a conspiracy theorist about it, how truly with this amount of discord in, in the country socially, how we could spark off a second civil war in the United States of America. And they talked about that on Recode Decode. And in fact, even invoked a potential World War Three because it's happening all over the world. Oh, yeah. And hate and fear-mongering of people who don't think the way we do. And we have no exposure to other people who think even a little bit differently than us because of the way that the content being fed to us is so curated. It's, guys, be ter- and when we say be terrified, we really do mean that, but like in a sense that like have your wits about you. Right. You know, I think when we look at the data that we have on you guys, and I'm sorry that I got creepy earlier saying I know where you're listening from, but like that's, we know male, female, like ages, stuff like that on our Instagrams. If you've got followers, you can see those kind of insights. We can't see that on you guys. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> no. Live your best life. You do you. In the Philippines. Um, but, like, to tell Facebook that you love podcasts. But, yeah, just <laughs> smash that like button. Um, but it's true. You, like, you can just see all this data about people, and it's so fascinating. And then we just see this. I see the tiniest things on my Instagram account. You know what I mean? Like, oh, people who like my post are between this age and this age. Interesting. Or they make X amount of dollars. Like, wow. And that is a nano fraction of what they have on us mm-hmm. out there. And that's insane. So I feel like we're getting towards the end and getting ready to wrap this up, but I do want to stop and just, even for levity's sake, just just for a minute, can we talk about Brittany Kaiser again? Mm-hmm. So you guys, we she, we said she's the one that worked on the on the Obama campaign and then was um, instrumental in this analytical data poll for the Trump campaign, and she was a face of the Leave.EU, which yeah. became the Brexit campaign for Cambridge Analytica. She was a chief executive um, in that company. But guys, we have to talk about Brittany Kaiser. We have to talk about Brittany. She's our age, if not younger, and just this caricature of what she thought a worldly executive should appear and look like and behave with like boxy clothes, a weird, awkward string of pearls in her heyday. But... She falls and leaves Cambridge Analytica and becomes this, like, nomad all of a sudden. She behaves like she's Julian Assange without, yes. uh, you know, the swath. With, with, without, without the, the embassy hair. protecting her. <laughs> and in fact, at one point, she does admit to having taken a meeting with Julian Assange. And she was like, we're that's just catching up. That's the time that I gasped on the airplane. I was yes. like, this bitch. And oh, the second time is when she said at one point she had a key to Steve Bannon's yes. house. Like, they were letting this, like, young thing who, and if I may, is just like, no, like, well, which not, has nothing to do with that, but like letting her in their house and like doing all that kind of stuff. Like, no, I didn't know where it was that. going at one point in time, and that's where I was like gasping on my end. Well, she, um, I told you this, and I hope you don't mind me saying it on the show. We have a great friend of the pod, one of your great friends forever, Maggie. She reminds me of her in the sense that she's this world traveler. Oh, yeah. And has a little bit of a bohemian vibe about her and is definitely crazy intelligent. And I wrote in my notes, she's Maggie, but diabolical. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I think your friend Maggie is the shit. Oh, I think she really is. She's awesome. She's so sweet. She's so funny. She's so everything. But this Britney girl is, you know, adjacent to that because she's very charismatic. Yeah. And she's clearly highly intelligent. Yeah. And she was very successful at what she did, a lot like your friend Maggie. But I think she's evil. I agree. And that's what I mean. Like, I feel like and she was open a book and like, what should I dress like? And it didn't look good and put together. You're like, but you're smart. And she was like, I'm at these events and you see her and you're like, I feel you're like you're smart as hell. But I feel like the movie painted her as this uh, protagonist who realized she was on the wrong path and is now trying to be a social justice yes. warrior for change. Yes. But I don't know if the movie pegged her correctly. I kind of feel like she's doing whatever she can to get the most attention. I agree with that because I think that they interviewed so many other people, or as maybe the documentary, let her voice be the, I'm this social justice warrior, but then you would see everybody else read an article about her or see her on the news and be like, no, you're a liar. You knew what you were doing. So, like, you had that commentary. She would call people liars when she would see them talk about her. Is that what you mean? No. that Or like, she would see people being interviewed and would... So, uh, the guy that starts the movie off, who's... Um, Robert Carroll. Robert Carroll. Mm-hmm. You see him reading articles about her, watching her on C-SPAN and, like, in court and testifying and him being like, no, you knew what you were doing, kind of yelling at her on the screen. So, you have her story of, like... I'm doing good now. I did something bad. I feel bad. Let me go fix it. And the other characters being like, this is bullshit. You really didn't mean what you wrote in this article. And that's where I think that the film lets her speak so much about her I'm for change. But you have these tiny little like peanut galleries going, no, no, no. Pay attention over here. For instance, Nigel, who was a COO at one point, who was on the panel of the Recode Decode show, um, they ask him three times before he'll finally give his opinion on her, and he finally just says, I don't know why she said the things that she says. Yes. None of that happened. But there were several scenes that I was referencing where she's watching other members yes. of Cambridge Analytica be deposed, and she's screaming at them that they're lying. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's very he said, she said. It's all going to be he said, she said. And that's but, a documentary to begin with. And and you said something about her voice before. We should talk about her voice for a second. Yeah. Do you remember when we deep-dived into... Um, that podcast about, oh, the girl with the fake blood thing, Elizabeth. Oh, Thanos. Oh, yes. Well, her name's not Elizabeth Thanos, but the Thanos blood. She put on that very fake, deep voice all the time. Brittany has a very deep voice. I think she naturally does, but I think she also is putting on a little bit of that effect. I mean, you guys have to watch and just, she's fascinating. The first time you see her is in an undisclosed location in Thailand, swimming in a pool, just talking Floating around, just spilling all of this Cambridge Analytica tea so to this documentary filmmaker who we find out on the podcast, they had met for like 20 minutes. She was swimming in the pool like, I want to talk now. So he strips down and gets in the pool with his camera like, all right, yeah. you crazy. I don't know when I'm going to see you again. No, it was... She's a fascinating character. It is. A breakout star for sure. 100%. But like, pop popcorn, get the blanket out, settle in, light your three-wick candle from Bath and Body Works. It's a long documentary. Yeah. And put the phone down while you're watching it. Like, you need to be so in tune. Like, maybe forever. Like, or forever. (laughs) I saw a guy in the park today with a flip phone and thought, yeah, man, I get it. (laughs) I I (laughs) I see see you, man. I see you and I feel you. So at the end of the Recode Decode podcast, um, the host, Kara, was going down the panel and asking all of them 
What's your takeaway, not only for this live audience, but but for people to think after they see your movie, what do you want them to to think about it? And the filmmaker Camille's quote is really sitting with me hard, and I want to share it here. He said, if you're not thinking for yourselves, there is an algorithm thinking for you. So wake up, think for yourself, and ask questions. Yep. Eric and I have questions. We're still not sure if we're going to delete Facebook or not. His probably un- not, but I'm probably going to be a lot more socially conscious about everything I do. I think so, too. And we hope you guys do as well. And, uh, whew, you guys, the great hack on Netflix, may we recommend. Buckle up. All right. So, I mean, speaking of other crimes against humanity and the world, it's been a minute since we have brought up things that are going on in the podcast world and what we like to call the podcast pulse. It's podcast pulse time. Woo-hoo. Amy, you shared an article with this yes. this week with me about a pretty popular podcast that yes. might not be on the air too much longer. Well, I don't know about that necessarily, but they need to change their uh, MO. <laughs> yeah, their modem operandi. Yeah. However you say Nailed that. It. So uh, this podcast is... a. And so, you know, Pod Pulse, we usually count down the top three, but sometimes we like to give some juicy podcast yeah, news. dirt. And I found some dirt. I texted Erica a link with podcast dish as yeah. the comment. And she's like, oh, shit, yo. So this podcast that I've recently started listening to because I like to take a spin on all the true crime podcasts that yeah. are popular out there is called Crime Junkie. And she just started at the end of 2017, so basically when we did, but she's shooting up into like the top 10 of the iTunes charts. I mean, right up there with the My Favorite Murder of it all. And um, it's this uh, host named Ashley Flowers, best friend, co-host named Britt. Ashley Flowers um, researches and reports on a true crime. Basically, her her shtick. shtick is that she tells her best friend this story and her best friend reacts sort of like the listener at home would. Yeah. Um, And what I've liked about Ashley's show and a reason I've continued to listen to her is she's self-produced just like you and I here are here on Podcast Rewind. She does have some ads and she does have a Patreon, but she doesn't have a production company behind her. Um, so, you know, whatever she comes to every week was given to her, you know, no producer editor behind her handed her a script to read. She has done all this research. Well, then I came across an article this week where turns out Ashley may not be doing all of her own research. What? Or she's essentially plagiarizing. I mean, because it is okay to cite News from other sources, but you have to cite your sources. Like, I read quotes from the Los Angeles Times earlier. Yeah, we always talk about the podcasts that we were listening to we want to share with you guys. Right. They're not our original ideas, or we're using their work to influence our ideas. Yeah. And basically, Ashley wasn't doing that, and several journalists have come up and made a stink about Ashley's um, insincere... well, potential plagiarism. Yeah, total plagiarism. I read the so, article. It was... Yeah, so several of her shows got taken, especially ones where specific journalists were calling out, that is my work, and you uh-huh. did not credit me. And when they say work, like, of course you can research, but these journalists could pick out quotes that she was referencing. So, of course, a murder. Anybody could find paste. out info, but it was her saying very specific quotes, which is where you can go, 
that belonged to me. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds and looking forward to it. Look, I, I, I do hope that she just kind of continues on, says she's sorry, and does things on the up and up in the future. And I will That's say, I, I saw on Twitter, Kelty Knight from the Lady Gang retweeted that BuzzFeed article and was like, well, is anybody going to talk about the fact that she bought bots to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, that's So that's right. another thing. The thing that gets you up to the top of the you chart my is not necessarily how many people listen, but how many people have rated and reviewed those stars. You know, everything matters. It's so crazy. It's a numbers game. It's the algorithm that we talked about earlier. But you can buy bots. And if that's how she got up to the top and everybody else who's not buying bots, that's not fair. That's definitely not fair. We wouldn't do that on PR here because we are interested in you guys, like, yeah. truly loving us and helping us grow. Do we want to homegrown? get to the top? Yeah. Can we afford bots? No. no. We have rent to pay <laughs> in 10 days. And there's also, you know, we do have some moral compass. Yeah. Does it point due north? We don't know. <laughs> not Again, all the time. Not sure. All right, so that's the pulse, you guys. Um, e and I, look, we get it's running long, so quickly, can we just share some pop-ups with you? Yeah, because I've had one that's been on the top of my tongue for a couple weeks now. Okay, but then you go first. Oh, okay. So um, I talked about this show, Be There in Five, gosh, weeks ago, I think, when we talked about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And, and you made me listen to it, and it wasn't for me, but you're really into it. I, it depends on the subject matter. Uh-huh. So I listened to her deep dive on a Mormon mommy blog empires. Okay. So, Mormon mommy blog, you've got me. Mormon got mommy me. blogs. Um, there are quite a lot of bloggers out there who have these beautiful picture-perfect lives. You know, these huge homes, the gaggle of children, the granite countertop with that waterfall edge, Ooh. the laundry room that is Hello. inspiring with like four sets of Samsung dishwashers. And then you're like, these... How many undies do you have? Oh, that's right. They have special undies. They have special undies. Oh, they probably the more... need their own special machines. We don't know. Probably. Google magic underwear, Mormons. Yeah, guys, you have to. It's great. I mean, careful with the gooks, but still. <laughs> Always be careful with the gooks. So she really deep dives into the world of these Mormon mommy bloggers because you see them and you're like, this house is amazing. Your children are beautiful. And you got married at 21? Like, mm-hmm. wait, mm-hmm. how do you afford any of this stuff? So she does a two-part deep dive. I'm only referencing episode one because episode two is coming out this week or so. But there are a lot of these bloggers who have influenced our fashion. Remember the bubble necklaces from a couple of years ago? They were long necklaces that kind of went into a V-shape and there were big bobbles in different colors and stuff like that. And you tuck it under your denim shirt collar. Yeah. Yeah. I still have a few hanging in my room. Same. Am I going to wear it? No, No. I'm not. Um, Thread up, baby. (laughs) Well, mine's from Etsy. I'm not going to get anything for it. (laughs) These bloggers have really started a lot of these trends so she's really deep diving into it and she reads a quote from Allure magazine about Mormon Allure magazine Allure okay yes and talks about like the rise of like why Mormons and blogging works so successfully so she's white and under 30 and married fit and given to flattering dresses that hit the knee and cover the shoulder she has multiple children and lady Godiva hair she knows her way around a braid she is wholesome but not dowdy her posts are relentlessly positive, but never pious. And until you Google her name and see that she was married at the Salt Lake Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. you might not know that she routinely asks herself while shopping or applying eyeshadow, would I feel comfortable with my appearance if I were in the Lord's presence? And it just goes into the craziness. It's a two-hour parter. There are crazy drama in these worlds. It's just insane. Oh, there's infighting. There's like infighting. There's, you know, 
one woman, her husband like passes away of cancer within three months. She's remarried. Her oh, yeah, followers are like, whoa, what's happening? Like, I was a follow. You were in love with your husband. Why do you have a new husband? Like, things we just don't understand that, you know, that religion is um, very private in some ways. But these people put out their pri- their personal lives. And so, in all in all, from tip to taint, it's going to be a four-hour deep dive with the two episodes. So, if you're on a long drive. Gotcha. And you're interested in bloggers and how does this all work? She really goes in. It's so fascinating. That is an expose. It is. It really is. I loved it. So I'm going to be super fast and just say my favorite murder came back from summer vacation uh-huh. this past week. And so cutely, they titled their episode, Here We Back Are, because <laughs> Georgia got tongue-tied. It's episode 183. It dropped last Thursday, so... Um, they had taken the summer, or they took the last two months off, and they still have been putting out episodes every week, but they've just been dropping live episodes from their tours uh-huh. that, that we haven't heard, um, and I haven't listened to a whole lot of them, because I just really love the Karen and Georgia dynamic so much. Sometimes live shows are just so loud. Yeah, and sometimes, like, there's, um, uh... Physical visual gags. Yeah, you that, can see it. Like, you feel left out oh, as a listener. Yeah. But anyway, they're back in the studio. They're not in the nook anymore because they have the exactly right studio. Yes, so they so exciting for that. Um, I am not going to go into the whole show, but I will say that Karen deep dived into the Mothman <gasps> prophecies. Oh, I loved that movie. Um, so I haven't seen it, but she said she she's loved the movie forever, and she, so she really deep dived into like the real life. Oh, I might listen to mystery. That. You should. So a lot of it happened on the edge of West Virginia uh, between there and a bridge that crossed over to like South Ohio. And so my my weekly golf friend, who then I drink with afterwards, I mentioned Mothman Prophecies and he was like, holy shit, because he's from West Virginia Mm -hmm. and he grew up knowing this and everything that I said, Karen said, he's like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Yes, and oh, yeah. I am freaked the fuck out about oh, the yeah. Mothman. I grew now. up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Ohio, and West Virginia are this like yeah. tri-county, right. like tri-state thing. And so when that movie came out, we were all like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so insane. I don't think I want to watch it, but I oh, am so fucked up and intrigued Yay. by the Mothman. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So that is my pop-up this week. You okay. guys, okay, we're sorry we went long. We had a lot to say about the great hack, We though. did, just because like, we are so interested in making sure you guys are safe on the internet. <laughs> like, We are your moms. We just want to make sure you know that the earth is round. <laughs> Don't be a sugar baby unless like you can really rock it and just like... Watch out for incels. Watch out for incels and care about your data. You guys, I don't even know if it's appropriate for us to ask you to follow us on our Instagram, <laughs> tweet at us. Um, we is had a lovely, lovely listener send us the greatest tweet this week yes. and really made our week. It really Thank did. It was like so a much. joint obsession for the two of us. Yes. Um, but you guys, you know, like, just be woke, um, be smart, and whatever you do, don't forget to be kind and rewind. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye.